You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, animated androids and antelopes anxiously anticipating animal anecdotes and anatomy antics. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 178, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your snippy pinnipids causing a conniption with snippets of catnip and parsnip. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know one. what that's pinnipeds it. are? What they're it? seals. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's they're a good like word. The, the technical name for seals. Huh. All right, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. And here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card. You guys have your barnyard buzzers, and let's answer some questions. Here we go. This is from Trivial Pursuit Pop Culture 2. Okay. Mm -hmm. These are good for us. Yeah. Blue Wedge for TV. What two words can producer J.J. Abrams' kids be heard saying after every episode of Alias and Lost? Colin. I believe that's Bad Robot. Yes. yes. Bad yeah, Robot. Bad Robot Productions. Yeah. They show the little card. And then you, see yeah. the, you see the little robot. All right. Pink Wedge for Fad. What Kellogg's protein drink, despite its name, is thankfully devoid of toxic potassium oxide? Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh, is it um, KO2 or or special KO2 or something like that? I'm going to give it to you. Yes. What? Special K2O. Special K2O, of <laughs> I've course. never heard of this. So what special is- K plus uh-huh. H2O equals the thing. But of course, K2O is potassium oxide. <laughs> Which and is... And if you drank... Supposedly the whole toxic. Thing of it. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Okay. I wonder if they knew and then K2O. didn't care, or they they released it and they were like, "Oh, true." They're like, yeah. <laughs> the only people who won't buy this are like chemistry teachers. Right. Right. Or maybe yeah. or they might because they might be like, "Oh my god, this is the best deal on potassium oxide I've ever seen." If I were a high school teacher, I'd bring I, it yeah. and be like, "Look, they're trying to kill you." Like, yeah. K2O. Yeah. Have you have you had no. this, Chris? Like, no. You seen the, yeah? No. Oh, okay. I, no. I came. No. I came up with that. Oh, that's fantastic! Wow. Good. Because of chemistry. Right. Potassium. Oxide yeah. K. Yeah. Good sleuth thing. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. All right. <laughs> Yellow Wedge for Buzz. Buzz. Buzzworthy? Just Buzz. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. I, I assume Buzzworthy. What real life royal did Marvel Comics plan to raise from the dead for an X Men spin off until they got cold feet? <laughs> wow. Uh, oh. Colin. I'm going to oh. guess Princess Die. Yes. Was yeah. it? Okay. Oh my wow. Yeah. That sounds like Wait. in horribly poor taste. They That's gonna... not even cold feet. That's like until someone realized <laughs> yeah. uh, and what are you mercifully doing? save them from a disaster. I yeah. wonder if she's going to be a zombie. I wonder like, what <laughs> they were going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. They do a lot of time travel in the X-Men. Maybe they... That's I don't know. But that's raised from, raised the, dead. from the dead. <laughs> yeah. vampire. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I think they made the wise choice yeah. there. Uh, Purple Wedge for music. Who's it? Quote. Hard out here for, uh. according to Three Six Mafia's crunk hit, <laughs> Chris. A pimp. Yes, yeah. a pimp. Yeah, uh, a pimp. Yep. Hard a- out a- here pimp. for 
Oscar winning. Oscar winning. Song. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's true. Oh, right. I'd say it's probably harder for his employees. That's my. <laughs> that's my <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> that was from uh, Hustle and Flow. Yes. Yes. Howard. Green Wedge for movie. Mm-hmm. What film recreates Anthony Swifford's real life tedium as a Marine sniper in a cruise missile war? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it's it's Sounds the like card can't be watch. current enough to be American Sniper. No, and that, that guy's a di- no, yeah. that guy that's is a different. Name. Yeah, that's his name, Chris, yeah. Chris something right here. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm. Uh, a marine, a marine, marine being the big clue. Is this a, is this a movie that we when you say it we're all gonna be like, oh yes. yeah, oh, oh really? Uh. Oh, um, uh, no, 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 it couldn't be, couldn't be. Call, uh, Chris Jarhead. It is Jarhead. Oh yeah, okay. good call. Jarhead, yeah. the nickname Marines. for a Marine. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Hulin Hele. I think. Oh. <laughs> I think that's how you're supposed <laughs> to pronounce his name. Oh. Jake Hulin Hele. Last question, uh, Orange, for sports and games. What city renamed its minor league baseball team the Isotopes? <laughs> In honor of a Simpsons episode where the local ball club nearly relocated there. Uh, everybody. Springfield, Ohio? Uh, no, it's Albuquerque. Oh, it's Albuquerque? Yes. What? After, after the famous episode oh, where they... they threatened to move, right? Oh, interesting. It is Albuquerque. Oh, interesting. Oh, well. Albuquerque Isotopes. Huh. So, so the team still is called the Isotopes? Uh, yeah. Whoa! I thought it was just like a stunt, but now uh, I'm rereading the question. It seems like it's like minor league baseball teams are it's are known for big kind of wacky publicity stunts oh, like really? this. Oh yeah, it's like a staple of minor league teams. Maybe someday I'll do a segment on like best minor I, league. I, oh I okay. no oh yeah, minor yeah. league baseball. It's like a haven for just marketers. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, because you got to drum up attention, and it's yeah. you know oh, I see. yeah. Oh, interesting. They do lots of giveaways and stuff. Yep, right? absolutely. Yeah. A lot of giveaways, theme theme days. They'll do crazy mm-hmm. mascots. Yeah. Oh, good job, brains. So, Colin, this week it, you you chose this topic. Well, I was I was flipping through the channels uh, a couple weeks ago. I think when I put these topics together, and I meant to spend five minutes watching, and then ended up spending about four hours watching a what? James Bond marathon oh. on oh. TV. So I was like, man, we haven't done like a good just spy espionage mm. kind of episode. Mm. So I thought spies, spycraft would be a good topic. So this week it's spy versus spy. Odds are you won't live to see tomorrow Secret Asian man Secret Asian man They've given you a number And taken away your name All right, I'll kick us off. So I think it's fair to say that most of what we know about spies is from movies and TV shows. Is that uh, true? Right. Yeah. That's all I'm legally I, well, allowed I mean, to say. I, I actually am a deep cover operator. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe I triggered that's just a, like more information. That's a pretty sweet cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's a deep, yeah. deep yeah. cover. Right. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Yes, yeah, movies yeah. and movies and yeah, general stories. I don't think mm. I've never I've never met anybody who was a spy. That you know. That, know. that, that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Met, You've never met a I met never a, met a, somebody a bad who spy. for oh. the CIA oh, as an okay. analyst. Oh. There's a strange man. He, he talked about it a lot for a spy. I was I was <laughs> sure, like, Whoa, like <laughs> I don't need to know this. <laughs> but I'd say most of what I think I know about it comes from pop culture. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so I have a quiz for you guys. So I went to IMDb and I looked up a bunch of spy movies and TV shows 
and I picked the top two build cast from them. Mm. So I'll give you mm. the actor and the roles that they played. Oh. And then you tell me what it was. Okay. And I think you'll be able to do it, especially the character name helps. This and sometimes it's just like, oh, I know okay. who was in this movie and or this TV is show. This movie and TV show? Yeah, it's mixed. Okay. It's mixed. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Okay, good. Okay, we'll start okay. with the, the easiest softball. <laughs> I, I bet I know what the okay. easiest are, are we yeah. buzzing in? Okay. okay. Yeah, you guys buzz in. All right. Oh, so, and I'm starting with the second most build or the second build person and then going to the first build because okay. usually the first build is like, you'll oh know my it. God. Yeah. All right. Sean yeah. Connery. Like, right. Yeah, I know who that is. Got it. Okay. All right, so first, <laughs> this one's so easy. It's almost embarrassing. So this one, Angelina Jolie as Jane Smith and Brad Pitt as John Smith. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad you started with this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Karen. <laughs> Signori, Senorita Smith, Mr. That's and Mrs. Smith. That's a Spanish Smith. title, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> just just get us get our juices flowing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I only yeah. watched that movie in Spanish because I was on a plane. Oh, really? I saw that movie on a plane as yeah, well. Yeah. And then the yeah. only version they had was like the dubbed Spanish version, so I had to watch that. You know what, Karen? You didn't miss a whole lot. I, yeah. I mean, it's an action yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, kind of. It's an action movie and a lot of on. sexy glances. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Sexy that, glances. There's a lot of tension. That was yeah. really that was it, it translates. Yeah. It translates yeah. visually. Yeah. Barbara Felden is Agent 99 and Dodd Adams as Maxwell Smart. Mm, Colin? That's uh, Get Smart, Get of course, smart, the, TV the TV show. Yes. Jamie Lee Curtis as Helen Trasker and Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. as Harry Trasker. Uh, Karen. True Lies! Yes. The best movie! Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah <laughs> and Patrick Swayze as Bodie. <laughs> Uh, Colin. Uh, the Point Break. Ah, point of break. Course. Oh, yeah. Of course. The original. Utah. The original Point Break. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, not that the, movie is. I love that the, name. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. <laughs> Christopher Gorham as Augie Anderson and Piper Perabo as Annie Walker. Oh. oh this is the show. You know. Uh, oh, really? Or USA. One of the. Oh, oh. Karen. Covert Affairs. Covert Affairs. Yes! Wow. I was like, it's some super generic name. Yeah. Amazing, yes, Karen. It is. Good job, Brain. Yeah. Yes. Woo. Mark DeRay as Rico and Anne Perilod as Nikita. Oh. <laughs> Chris. Mm. La Femme Nikita. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Richard Anderson as Oscar Goldman and Lee Majors as Colonel Steve Austin. Oh. Chris. The $6 million man. Yes. Yeah. Did you say Richard Dean Anderson? No. no. Richard oh. Anderson. Oh. Richard that's, Anderson. Why, yeah. that's why that Richard be, Dean Anderson is Richard Dean, Dean Anderson. Oh, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Da, na, 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 How about this? Richard Anderson as Oscar Goldman and Lindsay Wagner as Jamie Summers. That's uh, the, bionic, the, uh, Ooh. the bionic woman. Yes. The bionic. The bionic. bionic. The Beyonce <laughs> woman. Yes. <laughs> that's just a free idea for you, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, that is, yes. They had yeah. the spinoff, of course, uh, and I believe they married in the show as well. Oh, did they? I think they did, yeah. So I are, loved those as a kid. So are they both bionic or yes. only she's bionic? They're both no. They're both, both cyborgs okay, to some yeah. extent. Yeah. One is yeah. worth $6 million. The other is worth only uh, 78% of it. <laughs> yeah, $6 million. Yeah, I never yeah. thought about yeah. I like. I love the implication that they're like, uh, you know what? We can't tell her how much her operation costs. Like, let's call her something yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. And like the $5.2 million. Yeah. 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 How about Army Hammer as Ilya? 
and Henry Cavill as Solo. Oh, I know those actors, but right, yes. they, right, right. Oh, and it was it was like a period piece, right? Am I thinking of the yes, right one? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, period. It was called. Piece, yes. Is is this like like G Men or no. something? Oh, okay. I'm thinking of the I wrong movie. I believe there was a TV show also. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, it is. Say, so what's the second billing character? Oh, Army Hammer. Oh, it's Army Hammer. Oh, I, I, I remember this show. It was not on for very was long, it? right? He's on Lone Ranger. He, yeah. He, yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Lone Ranger. He had but. a big year, I'll say. The man from Uncle. Oh. oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was way off. Yeah. Okay. Not even close. Bill Cosby as Alexander Scott and Robert Culp as Kelly Robinson. Oh, that is I Spy. I Spy. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Boxleitner as Lee Stetson and Kate Jackson as Mrs. Amanda King. Oh. Uh, wow. That is uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Yes. Oh. The Mrs. Amanda, or, yeah, Amanda King was, you Mrs. remember that show? The nope. Scarecrow? That, was a, hit, that was a hit show. I only know Bruce Boxleitner from uh, Tron and from Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is one of my favorite movies, embarrassingly, or <laughs> not embarrassingly. It, I just love this movie. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Mitch Hennessy and Gina Davis as Charlie Baltimore. Karen. A long kiss goodnight. Yes. Oh. She was a sleeper agent. She had, she had amnesia. amnesia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was a spy. And she kicked so much butt. Yeah. <laughs> good. That was a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. How about Scott Glenn as Ezra Kramer and Jeremy Renner as Aaron Cross? Oh. Colin. Oh. Oh. That must be the Born. Oh, geez. The Born Legacy? Yes. Oh, okay. Legacy. All right. <laughs> the Born Legacy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Last one. Last one. Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan and Sean Connery as Marco Ramius. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, buzz too, buzz too soon. That's okay. What? Hunt for the Red October. Yes. Close. Ah, ah. Close. Yeah, the Hunt I mean, for Red October. Oh, okay. Well, we've already established that we'll give you the 98% yeah. Yeah, answer yeah, at this yeah. point. Karen was nice. The to Hunt? Give me. The Hunt for the Red October. Yeah. The Hunt for Red not, October. Not, not hunt, hunt for the Red October. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah, we yeah. know you know. We know yeah, you know. Special, special K02. <laughs> Close enough for good job, brain. That's right. That's right. Good job, you guys. All right. How would you guys like to be spies for uh, the next five minutes? I want to be a spy. Sure. Would you like to be word spies? Oh. <laughs> uh, you tricked me. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. What's up? What's up? Fun. Fa- so. So. Fun fact. You're a big nerd. What are you gonna say? You know how earlier in the show, Chris, you joked about being undercover? Yes. So your cover is... (laughs) So I learned that uh, your whole actual backstory and the printed documents and all of the, 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 quote, fake physical things to prove your cover is called a legend. Mm. Oh, it's called a legend? So, yeah, your cover is your identity, but everything that supports, like, tangible and artifacts. Documentation. It's called legend. That's oh, awesome. I like that word. Yeah. 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 That has nothing to do with my quiz. Um, <laughs> this is here is my here is my quiz. Here is the the uh, the spy game that I have concocted for everybody because I know you love word games. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or excuse me, I know that I love word games, <laughs> and I know that you tolerate word games. Um, 
you are you are you are going to be spies uh sneaking under cover of night infiltrating these sentences <laughs> and and uh obtaining the valuable item that I have hidden in the words okay. of this sentence and uh absconding with it uh into the night I have it, it, inside each of these torturously constructed sentences that I have uh, have created are uh, valuable items maybe they are uh, gemstones okay. maybe oh. maybe they are precious minerals uh, right. of a sort okay. um hidden uh within the words something maybe worth spanning stealing. a couple of words exactly. something worth stealing um okay. as a uh, as a spy oh, uh, and, and bring it back uh, to to your country or whatever it is that spies sure, do when sure. they right valuable. <laughs> yes, so that I will give you the sentence and then hidden somewhere in there will be some sort of incredibly valuable item that you will want to uh, steal and uh, remove from the sentence. Okay. And you can tell me uh, what it is. So, for example, um, because this was by far the worst one of these that I came up with, um, which was the, the sentence... And it is a, and it is an incredulous question, uh, which is, why would Bob Sapp hire a bodyguard? Sapphire. sapphire. Indeed, yeah. indeed, the word sapphire is hidden in the sentence, why yeah. would Bob Sapp hire a bodyguard? S-A-P-P. Then who yeah. would know? Yeah, exactly. So I will give you the sentence, and you very much like finding sapphire in that sentence will find whatever other valuable item I have hidden in there. Here we go. <clears throat> go ask the guru by the river. Whoop. Dana. Ruby. Ruby. Indeed. Oh. Guru. Mm. Yep. You can teach a new dog old tricks. You can teach a new dog old tricks. You. Oh. Oh. Uh, Colin? Uh, gold. Gold. You can teach a new dog gold tricks. Mm -hmm. This is something you might type into Google. Okay. What are this year's top Aztec baby names? <laughs> to <laughs> Topaz. Yes, yes, Karen. Yes. Top, to Aztec, top Aztec, Aztec baby names. Great. Twenty for twenty sixteen. <laughs> you want to get the current list? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to get like a jerk with the old yeah. list? Um. <laughs> Some of these are just so dumb. I can't believe I'm going to read them. All right, here we go. Um, I took my crayons and drew a splat in umber. Uh, uh, platinum. Yes. Yeah. Pla splat in umber. Umber. Yeah. yeah. Splat in number. Umber. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You say crayons weird. I do say I say crayons. No. You Wait, no. cran wait, what did I say? You said like cranberry, Crans. like cran. I think I do. Crans. Yeah, that's 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 very um where I come from. We say oh, crans. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. that's regional. Yeah. Crans. Okay. Because I was like, I didn't it's, what is it's, that it word? is regional. Crans. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is me talking about a recent recipe that I made. <laughs> I added basil, very finely chopped. I think we all got it at the You're same all time. Saying it, uh, yes. uh, silver. Silver, oh, indeed, yes. <laughs> His name is Philip. Phil to pals. Dana. Uh, Lapis? Uh -oh. No. Phil. His name is Philip. Phil to pals. Phil. Oh, Karen. oh, Opal, Opal, oh, oh, man! You're looking nice. at the Philip Phil. Man, it's really there's yeah. a lot of red. Pals. There's like all the filler red herrings. There's tons yeah. of red herrings. Ooh. It's true. Yep, you got it though. Okay, uh, two more. All right. 
My favorite name and pharmacy are Alex and Rite Aid, respectively. Alex. Alex and Rite Aid. Colin? Is Alexandrite. Alexandrite! (laughs) Is a birthstone, yeah. (laughs) You come up with that sentence, I dare you. Alex. Alex and and Rite Aid, respectively. Yes. In yeah. case you don't have a Rite Aid in your area, they intentionally spell it wrong. They R- do R-I-T-E-A-D. R-I-T-E-A-D. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Finally, uh, and this next sentence is absolutely a true story about me. Mm-hmm. I have a cold and I am on Dayquil. Oh. Uh, Dana. Uh, wait. Diamond? No. Yes, diamond. Diamond. Yeah. I have a cold, and, and I, I am, am on Dayquil. On Dayquil. Oh, man. <laughs> that is the that's the that's the best hidden one I think of the ones that I wrote. Oh, you don't like Alex and write eight. That one traverses a lot of words. I do yeah. my best. That does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. does. It does. It, yeah. It's one, two, three, four, five words. Wow. Yeah. 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 You gotta be a talented word spy to get in that many words. <laughs> I was trying to extend your metaphor. I know you really get. I was. I was trying to work. Man, yeah. I, boy, do I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> carrying carrying water for Chris's quiz here. <laughs> well, great job, word spies. You're all top word spies. <laughs> great. Yay! <laughs> <Crack> the code. <laughs> so, of course, you guys know, but I don't know if our listeners know that I, uh, my day job, I I work for a company called Twitch, and we do streaming uh, video games. Uh, and lately, we've been doing some cool marathons yeah and so uh, like we did a bob, bob ross, ross marathon, marathon. Yeah. that was very popular and uh <laughs> recently most recently to celebrate our uh food streaming arm we marathoned uh julia child yes from her black and white show to to color awesome yeah, yeah. It's super awesome julia child probably one of um probably i would say the 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 mother of cooking shows. Oh, like, yeah. oh for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, there are other people who probably had cooking shows, but she really made it a thing. For sure. She yeah. was a personality, uh, really a force, and, and um she was the one who brought the French cuisine to yep. like the home cooks and home chefs. And just in the, the, with a very yeah. you can do it attitude. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Not elitist and you know, no. she she's very she was quite the character. So during this marathon I keep seeing in chat and, and elsewhere people keep spewing out this fact. Well before she was a chef, mm-hmm. uh-huh. she worked as a spy. Yeah. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, what did she do? So I so I researched more. So Julia Child joined the OSS, Office of Strategic Services, and began her career as a typist. So she wasn't like a spy, more of like a secretarial role. But because of her education and her experience, she was getting promoted and she was kind of brought into teams with uh, more responsibility and being involved in a lot of research projects. So one of her research projects, uh, she was an assistant uh, to a bunch of scientists who were trying to develop a shark repellent. <laughs> oh, okay. She did a lot of projects, but this was her her more uh, well known was was huh. on this team to develop a shark repellent. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. All I can think of is like Batman then, with his bat yeah. shark yeah, repellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think about like oh, and then her next project was attaching lasers to sharks. <laughs> yes. like, with their freaking like, heads. I'm yeah. just I'm just imagining day one and somebody sort of like pulls back a curtain. It's just, it's just a bat with a nail through it. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Here's Mark one. Yeah. Shark repellent. Does this work? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't really understand shark repellent at all. Like other than from the Batman shark repellent <laughs> clip or I mean I didn't know well, that much about it. I mean they can smell really good, right? One would think you need shark repellent because you're stranded in the ocean, there's sharks around you. You right. need to like yeah. have shark repellent yeah. so sharks go away. Yes. Sure, that is a use, but the main use is of shark repellent is so that sharks don't mess up your stuff. Oh, okay. So this is in the 1940s when uh, Julia Child was was working the OSS for the shark repellent project. There are weapons targeting German submarines and U-boats. They didn't want – they're trying to find shark repellent so that the sharks won't interfere. (laughs) Not saving people from sharks, but it's more saving sharks from messing up, you know, all the spy stuff. I I, I read more about shark repellents, and that's true. A lot of the shark repellents is to save sharks, is not to save mm. humans. Um, it, you're trying it. to get the sharks away from a certain area. Dangerous things. Um, yeah, dangerous things. Mm-hmm. And then I, I fell into this research hole about shark repellents, and mm-hmm. they're different types. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay. What so, is a sign that says, go away, sharks? <laughs> That's Mark two. It doesn't After, work yeah, out. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yep, yep. So guess what's the number one thing that sharks, sharks don't want to like? deal with? Oh. Interesting. What do you think sharks don't want to deal what with? Is, what do sharks killer not whale. want to killer whale. killer whales. Killer sharks, whales? Sharks don't want to deal with dead sharks. When uh. they sense a dead shark, smell, sense, whatever. Uh. They just beat it? They're just like, nope, this is, nope, 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 nope. I got to get away. Right. Because oh. whatever killed that shark. <laughs> right. It's going to kill me. Right. Better yeah, safe okay. than sorry. So okay. they know the yeah. zombies are coming as well. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the zombie yeah. sharks. Oh, this is, yeah, this yeah. is exactly like what they do in Walking Dead. They coat themselves in, in, uh, yeah. in zombie parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a secret. Anybody who's involved in, like, fishing or whatever know that sharks don't really like dead sharks. Okay. Okay. Um, However, finally, after World War II, that's when people really researched more about it. But there are Hmm. also different types of shark repellents. Sharks are are really unique because they have uh, how they sense things is through sense of smell, but they also have electroreceptors. And so a lot of shark repellents are magnetic or electrical that kind of mess with that mess with their 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 electroreceptors that kind of like wards them off. Huh. And then you have the more chemical ones where they have now isolated the different compounds that make that dead uh, shark smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So so that's why a lot of shark conservation societies and groups use chemical shark repellents to to try to save sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey man, don't right. go over to this place where they're trying to test out mines or whatever. But yeah, and it doesn't hurt them. Right, because they yeah. smell dead shark. They're like, I'm out of here. You don't right. have to like tase them, or you don't have yeah. to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Is it interesting? Sharks, yeah. sharks hate dead sharks. And this, and Julia Child, then worked on it on a recipe early. Tea. Oh yeah, I thought <laughs> she, I thought she put it in her cocoa van. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I had always heard that factoid that you know she was a spy, a spy. but I don't think that I don't think yeah, I ever bothered not. to look exactly how she was a she's spy. She's not going undercover. She, like she, the fancy mostly... dinner party seducing the foreign <laughs> yeah, minister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, yeah. Julia. What you do is you add the dead <laughs> sharks right smell. in their face. Yeah. <laughs> well, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, the uh, James Bond film franchise was sort of the inspiration for my suggesting the topic. Uh, and I think you guys will also agree that for whatever reason, just James Bond is just really overrepresented at pub quiz questions. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel we get a it's, lot of James it's Bond. It's one of our weakest, like, <laughs> not, not weakest, but it's, it's, it's one of those, those things in the camp where we're like, 
we really should know this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We always were like, it's which one or how many. So, so I've put together a, a high-level quiz for you guys about the James Bond franchise. Uh, mo- mostly the movies, but some about the books as well. Um, I think out of all of us, you probably know James Bond the best. I think I, I would know it the least. All right. I think, yeah, yeah, I don't. Well, we can, we can use this as a study guide then. Okay. This will be great. All right. All right. These, all right. these are things which could quite plausibly show up at your pub quiz. So as you probably know, James Bond, the movies, came from the novels written by Ian Fleming. Uh, there have been far more movies than novels. There have been 26 James Bond movies uh, since Dr. No, uh, including Dr. No. Uh, 24 of these are the Eon Productions, sort of, you know, generally considered the official James Bond films. There were two others that are James Bond, but sort of off to the side. And we will talk about those later. Hmm. Uh, so of those, over the course of those 26 James Bond movies, there have been seven actors portraying James Bond. Oh, man. So I need you guys to name for me all seven. If any of you think you can do this yourselves, man, more power to you. You guys can also break it up amongst you as a team effort if you would like. Sean Connery. Seven actors. Dana Dana (laughs) claimed the easy one. Sean Connery, yes. Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Timothy uh, Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Daniel Daniel Craig. Craig. Okay, you've got the easy ones. Yeah, 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 okay. So Um, you've got five of the seven, and now we're going to trick what was the, the, yeah. uh, the Casino Royale was like a comedy, the first one. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Was it Peter Sellers? Or oh, you're was so, the, was he, yeah, oh. he was, he was in the movie. Oh, he um, was. Mm. You have the movie right. It was uh, David Niven okay. in okay. Casino Royale, which Chris, you are correct, was a, done as a parody. That was one of sort of the two non-mainstream James Got Bond it. movies. Okay, okay. Long, long story short, they didn't feel they were legally on solid enough ground to make it as a straight James Bond movie. Huh. Oh, okay. God, there's is an Australian guy. So there's one more. So there's one more. It's and he the was Australian in, guy. He was in one James Bond movie. Officially. He was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh-huh. George. Uh huh. Oh, Karen. It's, oh, in, really? it's in Karen's yeah. punch God, bowl. It's in the punch bowl. God, George. Like, no. Lewis. Oh, I think they, it is might it be in Dan. Lazenby. Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All Good right. team effort, guys. What is it? George Lazenby? George Lazenby. Yeah. Okay. I've definitely heard that before. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Sean Connery okay. was in the first five Bond uh-huh. films. Then uh, George Lazenby. And by all accounts, not the best. Uh, so they basically lured Sean Connery back oh, okay. for one more uh, movie uh-huh. um, in the official run. And yeah. then it was Roger Moore. Then it was Roger Moore. Roger Moore actually did play. James Bond more than any other actor. He was oh, okay. in he was in seven movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at the movies the other day, and they had the before movies trivia. And the question was, who was the shortest actor to play James Bond? Oh, do you guys know? No, who out of those seven? Oh, I'll guess uh, Timothy Dalton, no. Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Um, they, can do, they can do a lot with CG though. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it distracts you with muscles. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, they say that actually David Niven, who uh, played Sir James Bond in the parody Casino Royale movie from 67, he was said to be Ian Fleming's first choice yes, when they were yeah. actually casting uh, before they ended up with Sean Connery. Yeah, back in Doctor Sean no. Connery, at, at then, Ian Fleming thought he wasn't urbane enough. He mm, wasn't, mm. he was a bit too rough, but then that was kind of the, the sex appeal of Sean Street. Connery at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah. He very much like imagined Bond as, you know, he was dashing, but he was also kind of just plain. You know, he could blend into a crowd if need yeah. be. Ah, yeah. Okay. 
All right, we, we have had this one probably three or four times, and I, I would venture we get it right about half the time and wrong about half the time. All right. In which branch of the armed forces oh. did James Bond, the character, oh. serve before becoming 007? Oh, oh wait, before becoming the I Chris. The Navy. It was the Navy. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, okay. Yes, specifically, he was a Royal Naval Reserve Commander. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. The American Film Institute, uh, their lists that they put together on their 100th anniversary uh, are just a wellspring of pub quiz material. So the, the AFI's 100 years, 100 quotes, the top 100 movie quotes of all time, as oh. determined by them. Uh, there are two quotes on this oh, list okay. oh, wow. from James Bond. Yeah. Uh, for one, imaginary point each. All right. What are the two quotes from oh, James sorry. Bond? Sorry. Dana. Uh, shaken, not stirred. Uh, I will give that to you. Yes, yeah. the the fuller quote they have it is a martini shaken, not stirred. Bond, Bond, James, James Bond. Bond, and correct, yeah. yes, and Bond, yeah. James Bond. <laughs> uh, those are respectively from Goldfinger and Doctor No, both spoken by Sean Connery. Huh. Yes. Oh, so Bond, James Bond was in the first James Bond yes. film. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Good. They get that one out of the gate right away. Right. Some variation of the word. Kill or die mm. <laughs> appears in the titles of five James oh, Bond geez. films. Oh, okay. So again, you guys feel free to tackle this as a team if you like. Karen okay. seems very confident. Yeah. Here we go. Please tell me as many of these five as you can. A view to kill. Correct. Die another day. Correct. Uh, live and let die. Yes. Um, license to kill. Oh, yeah, license to yes. kill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only. No, oh you no, only that's that's not. Yeah, that's no die nor. <laughs> Wait, how many? Five. So we've said a live and let die, a view mm. to a kill, license to kill, and die another day. Mm. Uh, tomorrow uh, never dies. Yes, Karen, absolutely incredible. Yes, tomorrow See, never I know dies. The nineties Bond Bond titles, but yeah. Uh, yeah, two of those were Roger Moore, Live and Let Die, and View to a Kill. We got one Timothy Dalton in there, License to Kill, mm-hmm. and then two of them were Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan yeah, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies, yeah. and Die Another Day. They really fixate on the... <laughs> yeah, of course, that was yeah. the, the Tomorrow Never Dies was uh, an accident, because uh, they were going back and forth between Tomorrow Never Dies and Tomorrow Never Lies, and they decided on Tomorrow Never Lies, but then they accidentally typed Tomorrow Never Dies. Really? Oh, it's really? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. All right, last one here. Uh, after writing nine of the James Bond novels, author Ian Fleming switched gears to write this popular children's novel. Karen. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Nice. Yes. And sadly, I learned this. Uh, it was published just a, a few months after he died of a heart attack. Oh. And the really sad thing was it was like, you know, he had essentially written it. You know, it was suggested that he write a kid's book for his son. It was very bittersweet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and man. So he never lived to see it actually, you know, be published and become a beloved hit. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. And then, of course, made into a movie famously with Dick Van Dyke as well. So, all right, that was just a little uh, smorgasbord of potential James Bond pub quiz pitfalls. Delicious. You're right. It is a well of trivia. Yeah. It is yeah. a well. It really yeah. is. There's so yeah. many novels, so many movies, so oh, many and, actors. And so sorry, many... by the way, I, uh, to fulfill my promise, right? So Casino oh. Royale was one of the two non oh, yeah. Bond films. The other, films. One? Uh, the other one was Never Say Never Again, which was starring Sean Connery, uh-huh. but was not produced in the mainstream Weird. of the huh. Eon productions, Weird. right? Yeah. 
Isn't that Justin Bieber? His name was, movie? His name was James Blob. Never. Just to get around the, uh, James Blonde. Uh, yeah. Blob, I said. No. James Blob. Blob. James, James Blob. Blob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. And we're back. You're listening to Good Job Brain. And this week, we're talking about spies. I have a story about a real spy. Or actually, not really. But a man who was really accused of being a real spy. Mm. This man was accused by Fidel Castro of being a spy for the CIA. And this man's name was Antonio Prochias. He was a political cartoonist. Born and raised in Cuba, and by the 1940s, he was he was basically one of Cuba's top political cartoonists, writing for uh, El Mundo, one of the best newspapers in Cuba, and uh, you know, writing, drawing really these scathing political cartoons about figures of the day. And then uh, Fidel Castro came to power in the 1950s, and he drew some scathing cartoons about how he didn't like Fidel Castro. And Fidel Castro was like, yeah, we don't really like you, and um, I'm going to accuse you of being a CIA spy. And oh, he, spy for, uh, for and the U.S. For the yeah. U.S., yeah, exactly. Or whatever, you know, just a or spy. A- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Antonio Prohias was like pretty much noped right out of Cuba at that point and headed to New York. I mean, basically where he was like unknown, right? I mean, he was yeah. he was a very – he had received – he had received the National Association of Newspapers in Cuba, like, award for best political cartoon a couple of years in a row. Um, he was very famous in Cuba, but it was like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Right. Yeah. Um, went to New York City with his family and uh, just started knocking on doors, trying to sell some of his cartoons now in America. Um, and it was unlikely that he'd be able to, I mean, he spoke no English, um, so it was kind of difficult for him to do this. But he, uh, he brought his 14-year-old daughter with him to the offices in New York City of Mass. 
Mad Magazine. Uh, and he handed them some cartoons that he had, had drawn, and they were called Spy versus Spy. Ah. And this was a poke back at Fidel Castro for, for calling him a spy. <laughs> um, he, he said later in life, the sweetest revenge has been to turn Fidel's accusation of me as a spy into a money-making venture. <laughs> um, these cartoons, which featured a couple of little pointy-nosed uh, dudes who were the black spy and the white spy, and they... It's like they had they, zoot suit hats Yeah, they did. Yeah. They had black trench coats and pointy hats and pointy noses, and they would basically invent ways of torturing each other or, uh, right. you know, yeah. basically trying to kill each other. Wordlessly. <laughs> wordlessly. Yeah. Wordlessly. Indeed, everything was totally in pantomime, which was great because it made total sense because now he could do his comics even though he didn't actually speak English and have them kind of translated for an American audience. Mad Magazine loved them and uh, started running them, and that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship um, between Prohias and uh, and Mad Magazine. Um, and he, he drew uh, Spy versus Spy until his retirement in 1987. Wow. Um, you know, absolutely. It was in every issue. It was in every issue, one of the longest running features. Um, now here's something really interesting. It was based on a character that Prohias had invented in Cuba called, this is great. This, this almost sounds like something out of The Simpsons. The, the character was El Hombre Sinestrio, or The Sinister Man. And it looked just like one of the spies. It had the pointy oh, nose really? and the hat. Oh, and the, yep. I didn't know that. But the thing is, um, this guy would, he was just, he was just a jerk and just did horrible things to uh, random people. Mm. Um, and so to, to, Tone it down a little bit for Mad Magazine. He had two spies doing the same things to each other. Some, yeah. some yeah. of the spy versus spy comics, I mean, he basically just like redrew the El Hombre Sinestrio like plots. Oh, interesting. Um, but it was only known in Cuba at the time. Um, and so basically it was the two spies doing bad things to each other rather than like randos on the street just like gleefully uh. murdering them. Yeah. And toward, and toward the later years, right, they brought in, sometimes it would be spy versus spy versus spy. Yes, the gray spy. Oh, the, I didn't the, know that. The lady, the lady spy. Yeah. spy. Yeah. The green M&M uh, spy. She, yeah, who represented uh, sort of this sort of anarchic force that jumped in between the black spy and the white spy. And she often won. And the both of them would try their tactics of blowing each other up. But then she would kind of come in and uh, uh, upset the apple cart, as huh. it were. But yeah, I mean, you know, everybody remembers this if you read Mad Magazine, yeah. you know, yeah. during that entire, I mean, just 60s, 70s, 80s, the tons of them. You know, again, he, he signed his name in Morse code on every strip, you know, just yeah. as another little dig about how he was a spy, you know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yet he retired in 87, his health was declining, and, and, I mean, at that point it was taken over by other artists and writers, and I mean, it still runs in oh, Mad to okay. this day, the feature, yeah, so I mean, they never stopped doing Spy versus Spy. They just kept doing it after uh, after his retirement and after his eventual passing ten years later. Like that is, it's so synonymous with Mad Magazine. Um, yeah. I mean, they made video games out of it. Yeah. They animated Spy versus Spy on Mad TV. It was yeah. the feature of Mad Magazine that, like, you know, kind of moved to other mediums. Yeah. Um, more it, more it's, effortlessly. It's been parodied into third, you know, levels of things. Yeah. Yep. Proteus occasionally did other stuff for Mad Magazine, but it was basically just Spy versus Spy. Yeah. He lived his life as a, he was in exile, and I mean, he could not, um, all the Mad Magazine uh, artists would like go on vacations together, like oh, to other he countries. Couldn't he, he couldn't go. go. Mm. He couldn't go. Because if he, if he left, he uh, wasn't entirely uh, certain that he'd be able to come back to America. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting that he, he 
uh, was able to kind of parlay that terrible experience into a money making. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we've established I love spies. And you guys already know that I love cats. Uh-huh. True. Yes. So I think you see where this is going. Uh, I, so I want to share one of my absolute favorite trivia uh, anecdote stories with you guys. And, and I have to say, as much as I love the story, I need to tell you right up front, it does not have a particularly happy ending. No. Uh, but it is, it is my duty as a good job brainer to share these stories with our favorite listeners. Uh, so speaking of the uh, Cold War tensions there, Chris, mm. let's, let's stay in the Cold War era. So travel back with me to the 1960s, at the height of the Cold War between the U.S. and the feared communists in the Soviet Union. Um, in an effort to stay one step ahead of the Soviets, of course, uh, agents of the CIA were always busy developing uh, new modes of spycraft, right? You know, from from the pretty straightforward to the frankly bananas <laughs> there are a lot of bananas um, man it's i think it's like when you combine virtually unlimited funds with super imaginative super paranoid people yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah. you can do incredible things mm-hmm. um you gotta cover all the bases yeah really yeah. you really gotta cover all the bases yeah. so i want to tell you guys about a uh, this is a cia project uh that uh, unfolded over the course of several years to the tune uh, anywhere from 10 to $20 million invested in this project called Project Acoustic Kitty. And that is, that is the name. Official name. This was a plan to turn cats into spies. Yes. And I don't mean like the, you know, the fedora and trench coat and, you know, handgun variety. I mean, more like, more like a mobile. Yeah. Little tiny little kitty trench coat. Uh, no, this is more like they wanted to turn cats into mobile eavesdropping. Like drones, basically. Yes. Yes. Like a ground based drone, right? So much. 1960s yeah. era, right? Be crazy not to. Yeah, right. Well, because I mean, like, really, when you think about it, what animal is easier to work with than cats? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna put ten to twenty million dollars into something, yeah. So, uh, so as I say, so really, what the CIA had in mind is they needed a a. Uh, a way to spy on Russians living in Washington, D.C., right? So this would be, you know, people like working at the embassy, foreign okay. service officials, sure. people who they're around and they reasonably suspect there could be connected with the uh, spying apparatus going on at the time. So uh, they developed a plan, right? You know, this is, let's say, early <laughs> mid-60s. Uh-huh. They wanted to... uh surgically implant Mm -hmm. listening devices and transmitters into cats, okay, Okay. to use them, as you say, a fairly low-controlled drone. It's exactly what I just said. They would, they developed a plan to surgically implant a radio transmitter, very tiny little radio transmitter. Uh, It would go at the base of the cat's skull. They implanted a microphone in the cat's ear canal. And they would run a transmitting wire basically out the cat's body, <laughs> along the cat's body, up into the tail, which makes sense. Uh-huh. You know, if you're going to sure. use the transmitter, use the tail, use yeah. what you have. Uh, batteries, of course, to power the whole system. <laughs> which were shoved up the cat's butt. <laughs> this is, you know, like the thing is now I'm thinking, I was like, oh, I bet you can do a, like actual really micro like tech. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. right, right, right. This is like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's it's like, like a little a backpack on <laughs> yeah, the cat, the cat has to have like training wheels to hold it. Yeah, 
like a rectangular cat. <laughs> We've embedded the world's smartest, smallest computer yeah. into this ordinary little it's seeming like, cat. Making like whirs and ticks. <laughs> yeah. It's like two feet tall. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm actually glad that you say that though, Karen, because like it's like yeah, it, it seems like oh today would be no problem. I mean like we microchip my our cats own have pets. microchips, yeah, yeah. literally right, microchips right, right. Yeah, in their your skin. Your cats, your literal cats, are bionic have cats far with far more advanced technology. Right. Yeah. You could use them to spy on your enemies. It was it was a challenge, yeah, to come up with a system <laughs> yeah. that was small <laughs> enough it could fit in the cat um, <laughs> and wouldn't you know like irritate the cat enough yeah. that the cat's like pawing <laughs> at it or scratching <laughs> at it, yeah. yeah. Hence leading to the popular expression, yeah, but can it fit in a cat? That's <laughs> because it's a cat size walkman. That's why it's that size. They're so flexible and they, they, they live right, in right, they, right. They, yeah, again, right. Let's let's sure. choose an animal Just that so, once yeah. a day covers its entire body head to toe, <laughs> right, with its yeah. tongue. Yep. So this is the plan, right? Okay, so we'll get the tech in the cat, and and then we will train these cats right. to basically go to a specified location, yeah, and just kind of park themselves and just act as a movable uh, bug. Just act natural. Just yeah. act natural, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so so the, the the plan actually worked. Belie- I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the plan actually looked like it was working pretty well in the early tests. They could, in fact, train the cats to go a short, specified distance away and then sit down. Okay. And that that's, I mean, if you've lived that's with impressive. cats, that's right. impressive, right? Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but they had to work with, as I say, getting the system in the cat and stay, you know, not getting irritated, staying focused. They yeah. found that as they yeah, started... Yeah, what if there's, like, squirrels and stuff? They found that as they graduated to more and more uh, real-world tests, the cats would get distracted yeah. and be or be hungry. So I, I've been unable to find the exact details on this, but multiple sources report that they performed another operation on the cat, basically to control its hunger, oh. to make it easier to uh, train and stay on task. So they chose uh, for their prime, you know, Agent Zero, <laughs> they chose a, a shaggy hair, kind of a longer-haired cat, so they could weave the uh, antenna into the fur okay so yeah uh, yes quick, quick question so <laughs> yeah. i i assume that the benefits of having a cat is that they're quiet yeah. they're sneaky yeah but it's not like the, the 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 machinery is dependent on their sense of hearing or anything right no absolutely it's not just that they're stealthy it's that they're stealthy and maybe not so obvious because <laughs> because if you know honestly you're thinking who in their right mind would send a cat as a bug this can't be well, who in their right mind would like let a feral cat into their house <laughs> while they're having a private meeting or well, just outside uh, well that's a good point data and and i should be clear these weren't like they weren't going to send them into the embassy the idea was that they could stake out public locations okay. where uh, these assumed spies might be sitting mm-hmm. and they would send the cat over to basically harvest some data so they don't need to know ahead of time where they're going to be meeting. Again, I can't believe I'm saying it. It, it advanced far enough to actual actual field tests. Like okay. They were confident enough with the lab test they could get the cat to go and sit. They had the batteries, the transmitter, everything. It was wired up. Kitties ready to go. They're like, all right, so we're going to a park? Public yeah. park in Washington, D.C. Oh, no. So they've got the van. they got everything wired up. And so their plan is they're going to send the cat over to a bench where okay. two sort of marks are sitting and just see how it goes. So they pull up. They're all stealthy, CIA. They open the door. The cat hops out, starts to head across the street, hit by a taxi. Oh, oh my God. Immediately killed. Oh, 
poor cat. Poor kitty. Yeah, and and I say I I, I warned you there was not a happy ending to the story. Why did they put but, it in the so street? They Why would they treat it to do everything except for to watch avoiding out for- cars? Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, so this is bad, right? Because first of all, this is your you know your plan is not unfolding the way you need it. But now you've also got all this technology, so they had to wait until it was they could sort of uh, discreetly retrieve yeah, to the- go retrieve oh, poor dead kitty uh, with all the equipment inside because yeah you don't want you know the the Russians finding this gear out in the street yeah, yeah on roadkill yeah so now I I should say that at least one former official disputes this part of the project he says uh, according to him uh, project acoustic kitty no he's like uh, it just they just discontinued the program it, it wasn't very feasible we took the equipment out sewed the cat back up and everyone lived happily ever after now yeah knowing knowing the CIA I kind of doubt that yeah. uh, personally um, so we have so uh, hilariously to me some redacted CIA documents that were released confirm that this actually happened this was an actual government plan this this I'm, I'm reading from a, uh, a a PDF here of these CIA redacted documents um, this is views on train cats. Our final examination of trained cats convinced us that the program would not lend itself in a practical sense to our highly specialized <laughs> I needs. Told you that the first, yeah. On the first day. On the first million. Not a lot of cat <laughs> owners. Uh, yes. And they talk about how, you know, yeah. the, the training was actually pretty good. And then it says, you know, this is in itself a remarkable scientific achievement, <laughs> knowing that cats can indeed be trained to move short distances and approach targets. Oh wow. Yeah. Sure, yes. Uh, yes, the, the program was uh, dismantled not long after the failed field test. <sighs> I was hoping we would have something on this episode about, like, you know, crazy spy equipment. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But some crazy spy equipment. Yeah, I got yeah. what I wish for, apparently. Hey. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> your, your parents' tax dollars at work. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, my last segment. I have a music quiz. We had Colin's James Bond quiz, and one of the the more iconic and memorable things about James Bond movies is the theme oh, song. Oh, yes, of course. Almost every, almost every single James Bond movie has a theme song that's usually sung by a famous person at that time. Um, they all have a spy feeling. And there's been, like you said, 20-some James Bond movies. And um, so we know a couple of our recent hits. Like Sam Smith just won the Oscar for his James Bond song. Yeah, and Adele also won an Oscar for her uh, James Bond song, Mm. Skyfall, and then the Sam Smith one was Mm -hmm. uh, for Spectre. Right. Not all of the James Bond themes are hits. Not all of them can be live or let die. Yeah. um, (laughs) Of course, uh, many people know that Shirley Bassey is kind of the the classic James Bond theme song singer. She's done three. Goldfinger, Goldfinger, which is probably, yeah, probably the most, uh, the most James Bondy, like classic. Mm. It's just uh, from that era. Yeah. 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 Um, 
So here I have a music quiz. I have picked a couple of these James Bond theme song singles. All of them are by famous artists. Okay. Okay. So these five songs are sung by famous performers. Okay. I need you guys to write down number one, uh, who the artist is. And they're all famous. Okay. They're okay. all famous. I need you guys to write down what movie oh, was it for. Oh, okay. Jeez. Okay. And I purposely edited the song so that it doesn't say it. The, you know, uh, it doesn't say the title. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's not like Adele sings Skyfall. You're like, oh, what movie is that from? Here we go. Number one. And love is a stranger. Is a famous performer. Yeah. Okay. And maybe I gave you a hint of what era, uh-huh. based on the quality of the recording. <laughs> Fun fact: This is the first time an American performed the theme song. Huh. Huh. I'm gonna be so bad at this quiz. I think. All right. All right. Answers up, Colin. I've got Nancy Sinatra uh, from Russia with Love. I put Dusty Springfield, Die Ooh. Another Day. I put Pat Benatar. Yeah. Uh, but then, and then Die Another Day. Isn't Die said Another day. day a later one? I don't she know. She said the word day. And that, that was not, yeah. Die Another Day is a Pierce Brosnan oh, one. That is a later one. Yeah. Whose okay. song, Die Another Day, is Madonna. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Which is not, not on that. this quiz. Yeah. My very, very first thought was Madonna, but then the era didn't sound right. Okay. So what is it? It is Nancy Sinatra. Ah. And You Only Live Twice. Okay. Ah. Okay. She is the first American singer huh. of, of the, the James Bond. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, because yeah. Shirley, Shirley Bassey is Welsh, um, and other yeah. the other f- singers before her were also UK. Another fun fact about You Only Live Twice Rule Doll, rolled not Rule yeah. Doll, Rule Doll, rule. Rule. wrote the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He and he and he and Fleming actually were Buzz. kind of cut from the same cloth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. All right, next James Bond theme. Dunna, dunna. Very 80s. It, it's if you were to guess 
a band who is so 80s who has another song <laughs> which is the eight which is the 80s anthem oh what band would you put oh, down geez. oh really? see interesting i think i might no, be right for the me. wrong reason maybe okay. well we'll find out well, or i'm you. wrong for the um, also yeah. don't forget uh the movie uh yeah, as well yeah. um, 80s james bond film who knows and you know 80s james bond is is a little hard to is a (laughs) little little bit better of a a black hole knowledge like this song doesn't even sound james bondy at all no yeah this this is like hey who's big in the 80s let's get them answers up Uh, colin uh duran duran for view to a kill so you said 80s and i was like flock of seagulls Kill another oh. seagull. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your movie title. Kill another I have no movie seagull. title, but I, I just put men at work. It is aha. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Turns yeah. out they had another song other than <laughs> "Take yeah. on Me." Yeah. No. And, what and, movie was that? And this that was, was for. Uh, um, the Living Daylight. Yes, yes. Wow. That, which is the name of the song as well. Wow. I did not oh, know right, that was a movie. right. Yeah, me neither. Until I did the research. I was Never like, heard that oh. Before. And Colin Duran Duran did do a James Bond theme. Yeah. And it was, it's a view to a I kill. I think it was a view to a kill. Um, also, extremely 80s sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one performer and also the James Bond movie. Here we go. say this is probably my favorite james bond theme okay i'm just writing down random things now (laughs) okay okay. Okay, answers up call it i i've got radiohead and quantum of solace uh okay dana Soundgarden, and then i don't i couldn't guess chris i put huey lewis and the news (laughs) and a license to kill (laughs) (laughs) i mean Maybe you'll hit the combination. <laughs> don't Maybe. I don't know. It is. Well, Dana's the closest. Oh, it yeah? is Chris Cornell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lead singer of Soundgarden. Oh. Uh, but this is just him from Casino Royale. Oh, okay. Oh. I knew it was yes. I knew it was one of the the, the first the modern ones. Craig ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um yes. that makes sense, actually. If yeah. we, if I thought about it, it would have been like, oh, it has to be It had a great a intro Daniel sequence. Craig. It had like the, yeah. the cards and then the poker. Very cool. All right. Kind of driving. Yeah. Next James Bond theme. He knows the meaning of success. His needs are more, so he gives less. All right. Answers up. Colin, you said. Uh, speaking of Welsh uh, entertainers, I put Tom Jones and Thunderball. Dana? I put Tom Jones and then I Faster Pussycat. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing, but it's not a James Bond okay. thing. Chris? I put Isaac Hayes and Octopussy. 
<laughs> you're just like your your punch ball. You're just drawing yes. randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Throwing together. it against the wall. It <laughs> is Tom Jones. Ah. Yeah. Thunderball. Oh, okay. Thunderball. Nice. Good job. Woo. Good job. I'll take it. That's is that a future sport? Or what is that? <laughs> so like yeah, what is like it? pyramid. <laughs> I put pussycat because Tom Jones has because Tom Jones yeah, yeah. pussycat. Okay. Uh, okay. Also octopussy. Yeah. Pussycat. <laughs> right, right, right. Bond is so gross. That's why I'm I don't gross. watch it. <laughs> Last James Bond theme. Here we go. Artist. There's two names for the artist and also the movie. Here we go. Another gun thrown down and surrender took away your fear. Baby, I'm not the man that stands right behind you looking in the mirror. Two singers. Huh? This is Wait. a weird one because I had no idea this song came out. I had no idea. These are but two singers. You two singers. A random All right. pairing. Okay. Chris, I, answers up. I put right. uh, Avril Lavigne and Meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Quantum of Solace. You got the movie right. Oh, it's yeah. Quantum of Solace. Hey. It is not, the board. It's not April Lavigne. One out of Meatloaf. ten points. That's really good. That's good. Yeah. I'm impressed. All right, Dana, what'd you put? I was like, Beyonce did a song. Was this the Beyonce song? Maybe I'm misremembering this. And Lenny Kravitz. I would- Lenny oh, Kravitz. Ah. Those are two smart yeah. guesses from the, yeah. yeah. No. 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 <laughs> uh, at first I had Pink and Shakira, mm-hmm. but then I, I'm committing myself to Pink and Christina Aguilera, uh, from Quantum of Solace. It is Quantum of Solace. Yeah. It is Alicia Keys. Uh, I was gonna put that as a joke and then I went with Avril Lavigne. Okay. Anyway. Okay. And Jack White. Oh. That beat makes sense. Yeah. That yeah. beat makes sense. That's, That's a very Jack White. I had but no I had, idea was, they had to paired get, together um, for uh, to to because you know usually the 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 James Bond theme songs they at least will like the video or or the, yeah. they'll drum up some right hype. right. I mean the Pierce Brosnan one, all of them were like big hits. Yeah. But this one just it missed my radar somehow. It's like huh. Jack White and Alicia Keys. When when no one knew that this happened. <laughs> so, that is a good. But that's I had to good. get Quantum of Solace because by process of elimination, you know, we know it's not Skyfall, it's not Spectre, and it's not the new Casino Royale. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. right. Good yeah. job. If so I had twenty minutes to think about it, I would have come to the same conclusion. To really think about it. That was good. That was good. Good that job, was... you guys. So yeah, these are not the two famous ones, but yeah. these are also not the. These right. are the ones like where the artist, like at the end of the year, they get the royalty check, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I did that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell going out to the that mailbox. A... What? What is it? Oh, it was yes. for that Bond yes. thing, yes. right? Yes. Right. That was a fun afternoon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> James Bond. I'm surprised no uh, Carly Simon. I mean, maybe you consider that to be too famous. Yeah. Gotcha. The the spy who loved, the spy who loved yeah. which is in yeah. the lyrics of the song. And then, you know, but yeah. though that was a good example of one where I feel like that crossed over into just a full-on legitimate early hit. It absolutely hit. was. Yeah, oh like, yeah, and it's yeah. on all her greatest hits, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Did Beyonce not a lot do of people? Oh, was that for Austin Powers? Yeah, Beyonce did do for Austin Powers, uh, right? And Pink Panther. Oh, okay, but That's not right. not for Bond. James Bond. Yeah, yet. Okay. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's yeah. probably gonna happen. I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's, you know what? Yeah, yeah. probably. 
And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learn a lot of stuff about espionage, about training cats, about Bond, James Bond, and more. And you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.